Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. <laughs> oh, that intro, that intro. Sometimes the light in the world could go dim. Like, wow, when we recorded that, when we first started, we had no idea that we would have to include sometimes the light in the world can go dim, like when you're going through a pandemic. But man, um, we need to profit. We need to find our mission right now, and we need to profit. And so, one of the things we're going to talk about today, let's start off with this. The therapy that the Nori family has done, and this is way before the pandemic started, the, the therapy that we do is we love family movie night. We love getting the kids together and watching a good old movie, but more often they even love our literal family movies, like the ones of our vacations and birthdays and stuff. And I, somewhat of a novice, uh, you know, novice filmmaker, I like the way I kind of add music and some effects and stuff. And I kind of look at myself as the Steven Spielberg of home videos. Um, but we watch this and the kids love it. And so a few nights ago we're watching and we're watching a trip to Disney World and all of a sudden we hear... And we look over and there's Mama Bear. Tears just pouring out of her eyes. And the kids are like, Mommy, what's wrong? What's wrong? And man, I mean, as a father, it was tough because I knew why she was crying. And she's just like, we're being robbed. Right now we're being robbed. Angelique, tell them, what are we being robbed of? Ah, gosh. I mean, you know, if if I look at Christ's life, I'm like, what a bunch of, you know, crybabies we can be but we don't do that you know we we have to realize that we're we're each picking up our cross in a different way and frankly I feel that the world's birth pains are getting closer and closer together and um no matter how strong you are in faith right now I don't care I don't care who you are I don't care if you're the world's greatest pastor um if you are Jesus Christ you're feeling the world's uh, birth pains right now no matter where you are or who you are because it's intensified and um, frankly, even as a turned on family, we have felt and experienced a disjointed um, emotional um, reaction to the world now more than ever. And I was crying the other night because I was like, what? that was not long ago. You know, look how fast the world changed to where we are not um out in community and hugging people and shaking hands and having memories and laughter and going on roller coasters and screaming and, you know, eating at restaurants and caring about being shoulder to shoulder. Like 
well, not only are we being robbed of the things that as adults we've come accustomed to, but that children will never get to experience if it continues the way that it is. Oh. And it's so hard uh, to face that reality and somehow create an alter reality for them um, to, to experience the world with some level of normalcy and community and love and closeness. And that has messed me up. Yeah. You know, because it's messed me up. And I know it has you, too. And um, we, t- even David and I both, have very, very, very different ways of coping um, with things. And to our listener, <laughs> there's no question that you're having your own way of coping with things. Um, but we wanted to share, and I personally wanted to share today, just some of the different ways that we are not only focusing on our intention on how to cope, but also how to, back to what David was saying, you know, profit um, in these areas of our lives during dark times, you know, during the times when the lights go out and go dim. And they certainly have. You, you know, we we can, we have to laugh sometimes. And my buddy the other day, we used to, we're both big Florida State Seminole fans. And we were both commenting on something about a lockdown or, you know, what's going on in the world. And I said, how funny is it that, you know, we would long for, just a couple of years ago when the thing we had to complain about most was the Seminoles awful record, you know, like that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's what got us depressed. And and now we're like, if we could only have that back. Um, if we go back to the Bible guys, we were doing a Bible study yesterday and we were doing a Bible study in Genesis. And it was talking about, you know, when, when Eve ate the apple and all of a sudden um, they could, they could now see they were aware. And the leader mm-hmm. of the Bible study was like, you know, we were never intended to see death. We were, that's not the way God wanted it. He wanted to shelter us from like God and the angels. He goes, but now you will see. So God and the angels, they knew, but Adam and Eve were never intended to see that. And as, as our father in heaven didn't want us to see that, they wanted to shelter us from the negative things. Um, we want to shelter our children from that stuff. And let's be honest, it's almost impossible because we're all on this whether we're on a real lockdown or we're just not getting out as much as we used to. So if parents are arguing, chances are they're arguing more in front of the kids. And look, Angelique and I are no strangers to arguing. And we've had some some really, really bad arguments lately, but why? Have Be- we? Well, I'm not I'm talking about not because we don't love each other, not because we're having marital problems. <clears throat> right, right, right. We're having right. arguments. <laughs> We're having arguments because of frustration. We're having arguments because there's such a heaviness going on right now between what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on with COVID, what's going on with lockdowns and the threat of communism and 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 the economy, which I think is the the biggest issue right now. We have to protect the economy. But what happens is this infiltrates into our house. We would love to take it to another room, but eventually kids hear it. We want to protect them the same way. We want it to shade their eyes. And at some point, we have to be honest with them, yeah. you know? And then, and then let's go back to the rob part. They are being robbed. They're being—you yeah. guys, if anybody follows me, you know I'm, I'm a champion of the children. And I, if I said this and think about it, if it was just me and Angelique, it would still suck. But we like, you know what? It's okay. If it was just me— if I were single, I'd be like, you know what? I've had a pretty good life. I'll deal with it. It's okay. What gets me is these kids, all kids, not my kids, all kids 
right now. They deserve better. We, as adults of, of a generation that fell asleep, I'll say it again, as a generation that fell asleep, we went on cruise control, we went on autopilot, and we screwed these kids. And I'm using the word screwed because I'm a Christian. The old David would have used a lot worse verbiage. We've robbed these children. And if we don't start showing the kids, we don't start talking about the kids, and as adults start putting some of this childish, and I'll be bullshit behind us, it's not fair. And it didn't take me very long to get fired up. Put it behind us. I think we should start showing the kids more often on social media. And I'm talking about interviewing them, showing them, because what we've lost sight of as adults is all the crap that we've robbed these kids of. They don't deserve it, and they're going to inherit a world that's terrible because we failed to steward God's Word in a way that provided them with just the simple things, going outside, breathing, not wearing a mask. And it's not just COVID. It's just with a crazy world out there. I was talking on a call this morning and I was like, you know, the kids are inside. They shouldn't be inside. But even if in a world without COVID, there's so many crazy people out there right now. So what do we do? Because it's easy to sit here and complain and we're not going to complain. I just wanted to set it up for you because I get messages from parents all the time saying, thank you for being honest because we're going through the same stuff too. And sometimes we feel like we're the only crazy ones going through this. And I just want to reassure you that whatever kind of crazy storm is going on in your house right now, you're not alone. So now that we've established that as Christians, let's talk about victory. Let's talk about revival. I had a friend that said, Look, these are hard times. They might get worse, but I feel like as bad as they are, there's going to be an equal revival, an equal victory that's to come. And I believe that too. And it's not going to happen unless unless we wake up. So, Ange, what can we do to create this, like you said, this profit in our houses? Um, you know, I'm reminded of... Uh in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 13, it, it says, and this is the New International Version, but um, I'm going to reference how it, how it shows in the Hebrew. Uh, but it says, I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. And um, I remember speaking with, um, a, a, actually with our acupuncturist back in Nashville, he's Jewish, and he, he speaks the Hebrew language, and um, he he reads his Torah every day and he was talking specifically about this verse. And he said, actually in the Hebrew, it's not about the light just being better than the darkness. He said, it's actually the light that comes out of the darkness. That's the brightest and the biggest. And that was really um, timely for me at the time. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't well, I was going through some health you know, challenges and, and he basically was like this, you know, this is a very dark time for you, but the light that's going to come from it is brighter than, that's the that's the most advantaged light is the one that comes from the darkness. And I think Martin Luther King even said, um, the stars that shine the brightest are the ones when it's darkest. So we have to, as easy as it is for us to get sucked in. Um, now there's there's 
there's a couple things here. You can get sucked in to the negativity. Um, and here's the deal. When we get sucked into the negativity, guess who we're making the star of the show? The enemy himself. He is the star of the show. The minute we start continually to, to focus in on the negativity, he is the star of the show. Now, that's not to say that we should not be aware of the enemy. Because we have to be very, very clear when we are in a battlefield where our enemy is. Actually, we are hardwired for that. You know, if you think about um, Neanderthals and cavemen, like, they didn't go out and, you know, roll their, you know, their stone away every morning and just focus on the birds and meditating and sunset. No, they were looking for danger because they're hardwired to make sure they're protecting themselves, their family as hunters and gatherers, right? So we we have to remember that we have to be aware of the enemy line. We have to be aware of where they are. But not to the point where we're making them the star of the show. And I think that's what's happening right now on both sides. Is we are we have intensified the popularity of the enemy on both sides to the point where we literally cannot focus on anything else. And that I think is what has angered me the most when I because I, I have a tendency to, to treat my vision um, like a telescope. Like whenever I'm feeling like I'm zeroed in on something that's microscopic in my world, I then zoom out to God's size view and I go, okay, like how does this fit in the overall world scheme of things and how can I relate to the world and why we provide solutions? Well, when I'm experiencing that level of negativity, I have made him the star of the show. And I'm like, you know what? Dang it. I, you know what I've done as a result of that? I have let my light go out in my faith. I have not focused on the word of God as much. I haven't focused on what he says. I haven't focused on the fact that he wins, that he wins. But we, we have control of so much that we don't realize. Like we're always like, oh, God's in control. Mm. No, we have free will. He wins. He wins. But we have control of a lot. We'd be shocked at how much control we have of obedience or disobedience. Hello, that goes all the way back to Genesis. So if you're experiencing this right now for yourself and for your children, it is absolutely 100% your responsibility to make Christ the star of the show. And we have got to get really clear and focused on how we do that by flipping the switch back on in our faith and back on in our health and bodies, back on in our home teams and back on in our communities and how we can serve people to create solutions because the world is saying one thing, but the God says something else. God says something entirely opposite of what's happening in the world right now. And we are so focused on not only regurgitating, repeating, reposting and talking about what the world is saying that we have left the light go out entirely if we are not bringing god's light into the marketplace if we are not bringing god's light into our home if we are not bringing god's light into our bodies our mental health then we again we have made the the wrong person and entity the strong this the star no wonder we're sick no wonder we're angry no wonder we're fighting no wonder our kids are failing miserably at their emotional and mental health because all we're doing is creating more and more of the duplication and multiplication of the enemy lines 
So it's really important that we have got to learn and remind ourselves that we have got to shine the brightest right now more than ever. Because once the light is gone, it's gone. And it's gone for good until Jesus comes back. So we have to focus on bringing the light back. And that's where revival starts. Revival starts right now, you guys. It starts right now in how you speak honestly in prayer. It starts right now in how you speak to yourself in your body. It starts right now in how you you sow into your home team, your own little slice of heaven. And, and it starts now in how you speak to the world. But if we're going to re- keep repeating the enemy stuff, we're winning the wrong battle for him. We are right now, Angelique, as you said, we are in a time and space where it's heavy and we have choices. I believe that we have responsibilities. I've said to you many times before, Angelique, that we are in a war of a different kind. We are in a war of information. And to be silent doesn't help, but to be hysterical doesn't help either. And we go back to um, when Jesus was praying and then the Romans came in the garden and Peter picks up his sword and cuts off one of the soldier's ears. I think every dad can identify with Peter. Every dad wants to protect. Every dad wants to make sure that his family is happy. And what we have to do is be smart. And that's tough because we are emotional beings. And so one of the things that I always go back to is the Ruach, is the breath of life that God had put into us. And the Ruach is a Hebrew word, and it means it's it's basically everything that is is motivating and inspires and encourages and impels and triggers and stirs and provokes and stimulates and influences and activates. It is your life force. And mm-hmm. the Ruach right now is is being attacked, but it's so much stronger because God put it into us. And in Romans eleven six, it says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Okay, so what are our gifts? And we can't lose sight of those. If your gift is a gift of, of speaking, of identifying things, then use that. If your gift is a gift of, of happiness and a gift of uh, encouragement, then use that. But just like you were talking about, if, if there's a candle and we see that flame, that flame is, is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. It's always been used that way. The, the Holy Spirit has always been symbolized as, as a flame. And sometimes you'll see it in the old pictures and stuff of, you know, an apostles with a little flame above their head because there's a light, there's a fire that burns within us. And so as we move forward as families, and look, this is a family podcast, but I know there are people out there that are single. There's people out there that are, are maybe divorced or they're just younger. When I say family, it means so much more than husband and wife. It, it is the people that are around you that you count on. And we have to realize that we are nothing without God. Then we are nothing without one another. We're meant to be in communion. And when Here's where the enemy wins, and here's where whoever is behind this sinister stuff wins, is think about it. They're taking us out of communion, meaning they're taking us out of proximity with one another. When we're out of proximity with one another, we forget 
what it's like to be human. When we are sitting in our houses, if we are on a lockdown and we are watching television or we're playing video games or we're scrolling, even though it's human-like stuff, it's not. It's a fabrication. We're meant to be in proximity. I'm here at the studio today. I see my friend Tyler. I haven't seen him in a while. I've talked to him. I've texted him. There's nothing like seeing him. So one of the things I want you to hold on to, people, dear, dearly, dearly hold on to it, is proximity and being human. This was what the Turned On book, this is what Angelique and I turned on podcast, was originally formed for. It's amazing how God takes it. And before we ever knew this, we said Turned On, and the book that has been, you know, started years ago is now coming to fruition because it talks about our needs as human beings to be around people. And and when, look, people strip that away, why do you think they take prisoners and they put them in isolation to break them down? Why, why do you think that we are being put in isolation so we forget what it's like? It's a lot easier to go against your neighbor. It's a lot easier to go against your family members even. Think about that. If you don't see them, it's a lot easier when you've been separated by weeks or months to really argue with somebody and argue with somebody with a hatred sometimes in your heart that shouldn't be there because you've lost that human connection and they've become less and less of a person and now they're just a name on your text thread or now they're just uh, a picture even on your social media. Do not let them take away our communion and our proximity to one another because we will die a spiritual death, and that's how the enemy works. Well, you know, you couldn't be more right, and I think that's uh, essentially— Think when I talk about how we're being robbed, I mean, one of the things that we're being robbed of so much is is the community and is proximity. And uh, we all try to figure out, well, how how then, you know, how then in these times do we navigate in these waters? How then um, do we manage ourselves, our homes, and our finances? Because we do have to get our house in order. Like in interesting biblical times like this, we have got to be about our work and what he's asked us to steward. And frankly, that that can get really sticky because for me personally, I there's I think there's two ways that we can be really naive and irresponsible. And um, and those two ways come from two separate extremes. One is. I can be really naive and irresponsible by pretending it's not there. Right. And we see this right now with modern influence, like the modern influencer of the day where they just like literally just go about their message. And you were like, man, if, if I didn't know any better, I would think the world had not, not flipped on its head the last 18 months. Cause you are doing the same uh, song and dance. And if that's how you cope, then good on you. But man, I feel like you were, if you were created for such a time as this and you're feeling a pull to take a stance or, or to at least provide solutions for people, now's the time to speak up. 
So to be naive and irresponsible and pretend it's not there and not utilize your level of influence to help people and just, you know, be cute with your palettes and your singing and dancing on reels. I mean, I'm, I've grown so bored of that. It's, it's beyond because it's like the world is burning and you're like, buy my stuff, you know, enter my course. I'll help you gain more followers. And you're just like, wow, you, you couldn't be more out of touch with humanity right well, now. You could not be more out of touch. Right. But at the same time we do, we have to, we have to keep the economy going without the, I think well, what happens is I'm, that's what I'm getting to because they'll that's take down to. everything. Like COVID affects a certain amount of people. Afghanistan affects a certain amount of people. The economy affects everybody. Right. But that's what I'm getting to. So what I'm getting to is the fact that we can stimulate the economy without being so apathetic and out of touch with reality that it feels completely insensitive and irresponsible. That's in, I don't ever really lean that way. I'm not the type that like when I cope with something that I lean the direction of apathy and like, Oh, I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. Like I can't do that. I'm very, 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 very sensitive. To the are world. you talking about like what, like when Chuck Schumer and Stephen Colbert are dancing there while, while Afghanistan, while people I, in Afghanistan are fighting for their lives and they're out there nah, dancing to nah. hip hop. No, that's not I'm that not, kind. I mean, it, yes, but not, that's not who I'm, that's not who comes to mind. Like, that's what out of touch to, to me. Mind, That's out of touch to me. I'm that sorry. is out of touch. But I, what comes, you know, to me is like people with, you know, a million followers that just, you know, with their selfies and and talking about, you know, like they'll use the hashtag "Pray for Afghanistan," but it's something so ridiculous, you know, that their little selfie and and butt profile is not yeah. changing the world. Like, like half naked, a half naked picture in lingerie, and they're saying pray for Afghanistan, right? Like, yeah, it's not right. congruent. Like, give me, you're, you're completely out of touch with humanity. And, and you're not using your platform for anything. You, you've, you absolutely didn't take a stand for anything. You're not using your voice. It's ridiculous. So, um, there's no solution in that. And the other thing is, is like, if, um, you know, you're running your business and I get it. Like people are running their business and they're like trying to sell their product, you know, or stuff. And then they're just, they're keeping on with that without being sensitive to what's going on. Then that's a little irresponsible too, but I'm going to tell you what happens. So then you swing to the other side of the pendulum, which is probably where I lean when, when I feel stuff is you just shut down. Like when, when I feel stuff, I just like, whoop, I can't, I can't function in my thoughts like uh my the laundry will pile up uh, my i'll it'll be a, a week before i've posted anything about my business um i we haven't connected as husband and wife like we should and have a conversation you know the kids are zoned out you're like that's where i'm like wow that is so irresponsible and of me uh because of how i'm coping that i just i just don't do it you know, like I don't post about my business or I don't, you know, spend time doing the things that I need to do to steward my, my body, my physical body, my health. I haven't drank enough water. I didn't eat the right foods. I'm my coping is, you know, you know, eating a bag of chips and, and downing a glass of wine. Like those are the other sides of irresponsibility. So what I want for our listeners, you know, and, and even for ourselves is just a giant reminder, like how do we stay turned on in an area in a time when things are so wildly turned off? And essentially, that's where like that telescoping lens comes in. It's just like, okay, presence, awareness, and opportunity. Here's are the areas that we're called to steward. 
my relationship and connection with God and his infallible word and, and Jesus Christ, my relationship and connection uh, to myself, my, my health, my body, so that I am, I am arming my immune system the way that God asked me to, not the, not the pill-popping way that the world tells me is okay. Um, and arming, I'm uh, sorry, connecting in relationship and community with my home team, my husband, my children, maintaining order in my home. And then connecting with the marketplace in such a way that we can spread our ministry, but at the same time understand how we teach people to not only supply their families with what they need right now in this time, but support their families. Like, I want to give people solutions to how to support their families. You know, people are walking away from their careers. Can we provide them a solution for that? People are um, afraid to, you know, go out into the stores and maybe those things will change with this whole vax versus unvaxed and where you can buy and sell goods. Well, we need to provide solutions for that. You know, so my point is, is like we can be empathetic to what's going on in the world. We can be sensitive. We can be aware. We can we can pinpoint where the enemy is on the other side. But we still have to be the brightest star the brightest light that has advantage over the darkness right now. Okay. And, and that's how, and how we do that is, is zeroing in on those areas that we are called for. And then collectively, if we're doing that together, things change collectively. That's how we can stimulate the economy. You guys, you know, like, listen, like it or not, David and I haven't have online commerce. Have a have retail business. This podcast does not pay the bills, FYI. Like it's not it's it costs us money. It doesn't cost you anything. So how does David and I keep the lights on? Well, we we have other ways of doing that. So if you want to keep the lights going in the world, you have to support. The idea is to support the people, the local businesses, the small mom and pop, the the people, the influencers of our time, standing up for your freedom. Those are the people we can support. Yeah. That's how we stimulate the economy. Because like you said, if the economy falls, then everything falls. So how, how are you, David? Like, how do you cope? I mean, in times like this, because we each have our unique personalities. You yeah. cope very differently than I do. <clears throat> well, as I'm, as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking it, it all begins with a mindset. And a, a mindset is easy to read. It's easy to even right now as you're listening to this, like, yeah, mindset. Yeah, that's it. I just need the right mindset. But the enemy whether it's the spiritual enemy or there's a physical enemy out there with nefarious kind of intentions, um, they're poking the exact right hot spots right now. They are, they're hitting us. Um, it, it's like, it's like picture the enemy. He the knows, he yeah, knows your weak knows spots. He's yeah. like, I'm going to hit you where it hurts. I'm going to, I'm going to make you really defensive. I'm going to make you like, I think about it all the time, like our own family, our own mm-hmm. friends. And I think about when God said he destroyed the earth the first time with the flood and Noah, he said the the heart of, of man was all evil all the time. And so I started thinking right. like, yeah, there was probably some really bad people. Like there's bad people out there right now. That's what he's talking about. And I'm starting to think, wait a minute. He said every man. Mm-hmm. So what if mm-hmm. what if the evil in me hating the evil out there, like, and when I say evil in me, what if the, the there's a nastiness in me that, even if we call it a righteous anger, that's what we like to say it as Christians. Oh, but it's a righteous anger. There could be a righteous anger. But what if the same one that gets me to argue with my relatives, the same one that gets me to really dislike certain people out there, 
that are our enemies, and we're told as Christians to pray for them. What if then that's what God was talking about back then? Even the good people had retribution. They had a an anger or an evilness in them for the other people who they considered evil. It's still all evil. So it does start with a mindset. And this is going to sound cliche, but Andrew, when we did the Bible study yesterday for two hours— we got fed. We got nourished. Mm-hmm. It, like like our friend Stephanie said, it was soul food. And she she said she came out of that that Bible study that we did, and she just she just felt nourished. So here's what I'll say: the mindset. Here's the mindset that will give you guys something to really take away from this podcast. That's real, and you can work on. I want you to think about this. What is adversity right now? Like when when you faced adversity, what is it? We've heard it before. Adversity is really an opportunity to grow in any type of adversity. You think about your muscles. Your muscles, when you're lifting weights, that's adversity for them. They don't want to. They burn. They hurt. That's adversity. What does the muscle do? It grows. It gets better. So think about this period of time we're in right now. This is an opportunity for us to grow. And, and what are some of the things that we're worried about? We're worried about our stuff. But what about my stuff? What about my stuff? The superficial things. What, we're worried about the things that we might lose. Now, our freedom is not stuff. That's not superficial. Our health is not stuff. It's not superficial. But what we're looking at here is we're worried about some of the things that we could lose. I want to think about some of the things that we could gain. I want to think about fighting for meaningful things. And when I say that, it's relationship with our children. It's relationship with my wife. I've had this thought, honestly, what if God is going to use this time to bring us closer together as families? What if he's using this time, not that he's doing it, but what if this is our time for God to say, this is an opportunity for you and your family to get closer. This is an opportunity for you and your spouse to get closer. This is an opportunity for you and your business partners to grow from adversity because adversity is going to affect all of us at some point. This is just the most we've ever seen at once. There's generations who have lived for decades and decades without any kind of real adversity. And let's face it, every 50 or 60 years, maybe 100, some really heavy-duty adversity pops up. And right now everyone wants to go back to the Nazi movement. That was some serious world-scale adversity. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity right now to go way beneath the superficial. We have an opportunity right now to really say, what are we made of? Are we weak or are we strong? And, and there are going to be points of weakness. There are going to be points where you're like, that's it. I give up. Let's be honest. I've had them. You've had them. We've all had them. Over the last couple months, hey, you know what? This really sucks. I'm just, I'm going to throw in the towel. But then what happens is you're like, no, mm -mm, that's not what I'm about. I'm made for more than this. And and what we have is like, it's a scar on your arm. And that, that scar tissue, you look at that scar and you're like, wow, that hurt at the time. But look, that scar tissue is a lot tougher than the skin that was there before. So a scar is a reminder of some of the physical things you've been through. 
Right now, we're going to look back on this time, and we're going to say, what do we do with it? And I want to encourage you to have the right mindset and think adversity is an opportunity to grow, but in order to do that, we're going to have to speak up, and we're going to have to take some heavy-duty actions, okay? And, and think about this. It, this is biblical. Because it would be nice to think that we can just get through this life and maneuver through everything unscathed, and we can go from birth to death and live a great life without any pitfalls, any heartaches, any illnesses, any pestilence, any trials. But God never said that. In, in, in fact, he, he said just the opposite. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. John 16, 33. You will have tribulation. But he also said, be of good cheer, because blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has what? Promised. Promised to those who what? Love him. It's a contract. Okay? It's a covenant. Look up the word covenant. It's mentioned throughout the Bible. A contract. Because, yes, there will be trials, but blessed are those men and women who remain steadfast under trial, who remain strong, for they will stand the test of time and receive the crown of life. We don't know when we'll receive that crown. That's the thing. Everybody wants it now. We're in a microwave society. I want, the, I want that crown. I want the glory now. In the book I'm writing, we talk about Jeremiah in his famous thing where he's talking about prosperity. And everyone likes to think about prosperity, but what happened? Jeremiah told that to the slaves in Israel. And they're like, hell yeah, we've been slaved. Let's get out of here. You're, you're saying we're going to be free. Let's do this. I'm ready to be free right now. He's like, well, it's not going to be now. Like 70 years we're talking, but you will be. The key is to be positive now, to know that you have hope and faith. So, Angelique, you know this. I'm the most impatient person you know. Our daughter's impatient. <laughs> we don't want to wait uh-huh. a day. I'm ready for this COVID to end now. I'm ready to, for freedom to be restored now, and I'm trying to do things. But at the same time, I have to realize that God has promised us, for those who believe in him, that the crown is coming. Well, I feel like, you know, you're talking about his promise. And, um, you know, think about the days of Noah where he promised that he would never flood the earth again. And how much he loves us so much that he wants us to love him just as equally. He wants us to come to him just equally. Like if, here's the thing, if we, if it were just, if, if it were automatic, then it's not a loving covenant. It's, it's artificial. It's AI. It's like you, you're programmed by God to love him. That's not how God wants to be in relationship with us. So, you know, I think about where we are right now and how things have intensified so much. And, you know, you feel like there's these birth pains going on and you're like, okay, well, how will things pan out? How will things like, well, here, I I believe, I believe we have a blood covenant, but I believe that he doesn't break it. I believe we do. And by our free will, just like, just like in Genesis, we, man broke it. God didn't man set a law and a rule and he broke it. Um, here we have, we have a covenant, a blood covenant and, and we can break it and we break it by 
complying with man. We break it by an agreement with man. We break it by the number of man, tells us that revelation. We break it by creating that agreement and covenant with anything less than God and himself. And we are right now more than ever walking in fear, agreeing with man, lining up in compliance, doing what we're told, taking whatever we're told to take, entrusting our, putting our faith in things that are experimental. You know, we're doing all types of things. And I'm not saying one thing or another, by the way. What I'm saying is that you have got to look very long and hard at the things going on around you because you are going to live in total lack of peace if your faith isn't anything but him right now. And that doesn't mean, again, being irresponsible. It, it means you got to do your research. You got to be prepared to yep. look around and ask where the enemy is. Um, and you, but you also have to know that every single time you make a decision, one step or, or one step in a direction or another, you are either falling into more covenant with him or you're falling out of covenant with him. And God, because he loves us, will not get in our way either direction. He's not going to push us to be in love with him, and he's not going to push us to our own damnation and fall. It is our decision. Yeah, he's not micromanaging the situation. No. We have free will no. here on earth. And, and Angelique, you spoke about fear. And I think mm-hmm. if there's a thing that's ab- abundant right now, uh, there's an abundance of fear. But there's 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 one thing that could that could help that out too as well. It, the, the faith is certainly the big part, but you know I think what you alluded to earlier is there's a lot of people that we call fence sitters. Yes. This is not the time for strong men and women of God to be fence sitters. No. Okay. So uh, there's an author named Edward Purinton, and he he wrote this. He says, "Fear is but chronic inability to act, and what we fear we invite." Think about that. Fear is a chronic inability to act, and what we fear, we invite. Mm -hmm. So in the worst cases of failure are those people that are habitual, professional thinkers and dreamers, what we call the fence-sitters. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say something. I'm going to start to lead my family better. I'm going to start to speak up more. Okay? And maybe they've been scorned. Maybe they've been put down, but we can't have fence sitters because you have to mm-hmm. think about what's got you fearful and then what's it going to take to break that fear. It doesn't go away if you put your head underneath the pillow. It doesn't go away if you say, you know what, I'm just going to close my eyes like Dorothy and click my heels three times and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be back in my bed in Kansas. We're not in Kansas anymore. Okay. This is real. No. <laughs> this is real. And and we have to stand up. We have to fortify our faith and become pillars of action and and really God's word. And and it's it's hard because at sometimes again, we'll go back to Peter. We're not saying take a sword out. Mm-hmm. But you know, when when John was preaching about the coming of Jesus, he went right to Herod, you know, and, and, and look, he paid the ultimate price for it. But he was so convicted in who was coming. John was so convicted because he knew that the one who came after him was greater, and he knew what that was, that he was like, look, it's got to happen. So 
we want to be mindful. We want to protect our families, but we also, we can't sit on the fence and we have to be in communion with one another. We have to be talking about these things. It's the only way that we keep our sanity. It's the only way that we realize that, hey, you know what? We can't let the minority of people be louder than the majority of us. The majority of people on this planet, I don't care what country, what city, what ethnicity you are, the majority of people simply want to get up every day, earn a living, love their family, go on vacation, and be left alone. We want what we've always had. It's the minority of people who think, I know better than you. I can control you. I have a better way. You just don't understand. Those are the people that are the loudest now. And we're allowing them to be loud because we're scared to speak the truth. Well, we don't have to necessarily take out a physical sword, but we better get out our spiritual one, and that's the word of God. And because uh, that needs to be our weapon right now, our weapon of truth. Um, that is personally how David and I are making all of our decisions as a family. Um, how the lens of which we see things through is, is the pages of that book. And that's the filter that we run everything through. So for those of you that are listening and however you're feeling, the world is saying one thing you have to ask and remind yourself of what God says about those lies that we're being told. Because otherwise, you'll live in one of those areas of para- like uh, of paralyzing and agonizing fear or coping, where you either shut down, or you're so apathetic and sitting on the fence uh, th- that that you're going to wake up one day when it's too late. So you, the middle the middle gap the gap there is where yep. is where God is. The gap is where He wants. To because that's where Christ stood for us. And he bridged, he bridged that. He took it on the cross. So it is, it is vitally important in our responsibility to make sure that we are bringing the light. Because I will tell you, there is no shortage of witchcraft, Satanism, negativity, fear-mongering, enemy of our souls, in the news right now, on social media. And the more we repeat it, even when we're thinking we're doing the right thing, the more we repeat it by putting it out there, the better the legs get, the stronger its legs get. So it is so important that, yes, we recognize it and see it, and we're like, okay, guys, let me just show you something real quick. This is what they say. Here's what God says. This is what they're saying. Here's what God's saying. If we just keep saying, here's what they're saying, here's what they're saying, here's what they're saying, and then we throw our opinion against it with anger. You go right back to what you said earlier, David, where there was not one heart, not one heart that was not evil. Yeah. And you know what, Angela? And that's the danger zone that we're in right now. That's let, the danger zone. Let me ask you one question, because I like where you're going with this. You just said people were going to have to bridge. You used the word bridge. Mm-hmm. Leadership and and your faith. Okay, so we're, we're talking to you right now from a spot of entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. also believers in God. So there's one person that we know pretty well um, in terms of who did that and who's done that, and that's John C. Maxwell, right? 
he we have his leadership Bible, which which tells people here's the word of God and here's how to use it in business. And so mm-hmm. let's end this. I'm going to give you this quote here that he said, and I want you to just speak on this and leave him with your final thought. And I'll just be quiet after this. John C. Maxwell says, leaders cannot let their safe positions keep them from risking radical obedience. I'll say it one more time and I'll let Angelique think about it. Leaders, and that's all of you guys that are in business right now. We cannot let our safe positions, which you just said, fence sitting, keep us from risking radical obedience. Radical obedience to who? To God. God. Radical obedience to what the word says. What do you make of that, Ange? Um, well, not to toot any horn, but that's we walked away from our entire income for that reason before any of this, before the pandemic, right before the pandemic. We walked away from our our very cushy income in a previous company. Why? Because our radical obedience to God was telling us this is this does not agree. This does not agree. There's something off. This does not agree. And we could have let our little safe position keep us there. At what cost? What do we hand over? Because that dog and pony show costs too much. It will cost you your personal peace. It will cost you your marriages. It will cost you your home. It'll cost you. Uh, it'll cost you money down the road. It'll cost other families that follow you. God only knows what. And and ultimately, ultimately, right now, more than ever, it will and can cost you your salvation. I don't care what anyone can say. Like this is a t- critical time in life where if you are lukewarm, it will cost you something radical. Do not be spit out as a result of being lukewarm right now. It is so important that your radical obedience to God is what keeps you standing firm in your decisions. Again, not to whip out your sword and crucify others, but to pull out your sword in protection of what your covenant and blood covenant is with Christ. That's, to me, what I, what I fight for on a daily basis. It's not because I'm fighting left or right. That's gone. Left and right is gone, you guys. I, I'm just I'm just here to tell you there is no such thing anymore as once it, it is there's no there's no middle ground. Yeah. This is good and evil, period. Well, Billy, like, this is not politics anymore. Billy Graham said it, he goes, I'm not left or right, I'm for the whole bird. <laughs> and I thought that was funny, but it's well, poignant. Exactly. It's it's true. Like everyone's like, Well, uh, you know, every bird needs a left and a right ring and I'm like, Yeah, but a bird can't fly without a body. He can't, what, what is he flying without a body? It's just two wings. So there ha, the fulcrum is Christ. The fulcrum is, you want to go back to the body. The fulcrum is us, the body of Christ. Not a finger, not a toenail, not a left, not a white ring, wing. It is the body. Amen. And that is what we're fighting for. So no matter what side you're on, are you running it through the filter as the body of Christ? Are you running it through the filter of God's word? Are you running it through radical obedience? Are you taking every single thought and holding it captive to the obedience of Christ? Yes or no? 
That is what his word tells us. And that is where I have had to check myself a bazillion times in these last 18 months because not every thought has been held captive. And David, I know yours hasn't either. But we, we would be soft as the church, the bride, to not give correction to those we love. But we cannot sit here and be so naive to think that just by blasting with our bullhorns the excess negativity and fear and repasting all of the enemy's narratives, that we aren't actually feeding into the problem. We would be so naive to think that we could change minds without changing hearts. Let the Holy Spirit do his work because you have done your job in being radically obedient to his word. And, and that's where I'll end it. That's where I'll end it. Well, my friends, that was not exactly an episode that didn't have a lot of meat to it. I think that what we take away from this is we're in, we're in trying times. I hope you got something. I know that you're going to walk away today and you're going to face a world with a lot of decisions you have to make. And if you're a parent out there or you're a leader of a company, um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not easy right now. But this, will, this little bit of adversity will decide what you're going to look like on the other side. You either come out a winner or you come out saying, hey, you know what? That could happen again. So get a few scars on you. Speak up. Allow yourself to come out of this a stronger person on the other side because that's where the promise is. The crown is on the other side. We hope you loved it. Share it. We'll see you next time on the Turned On Podcast.